Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic evening? Oh, Daniel, I'm doing great. It's not quite like last week where I came to you from the balmy shores of Kauai, but uh, we're doing our best. If you're watching this on video, you can see I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, So I'm trying to keep the aloha spirit alive. I noticed myself not say that with as much enthusiasm, and it had to do with the fact that I feel like your voice is lacking some of its normal enthusiasm. What's going on, Ken? Why are why are we lacking some of the normal, like, you know, happiness in your voice that we normally hear? Well, Dan, I think it is coming back to the mainland. I think that's the <laughs> bottom line is that there is something about the whole notion of aloha and about that amazing group of islands called Hawaii that is extraordinary and life-giving and, and just feeds your soul. And so to go from that back to 115 degrees here in Phoenix, um, it was a little bit of a tough re-entry. So I'm just trying to do adjust to that. But but I would like to talk about something that happened in Kauai. I was going to say, Ken, maybe you need some agility. Like Ah, maybe that would help. Maybe that would help. That is perfect. That is perfect because I had the great privilege. Bob and I had the great privilege of staying in a condo that overlooked the Pacific. And overlook this particular place where uh, surfers went out every morning, and it was it, it was just amazing to to watch the sunrise, and it was amazing to watch these men and women out there on their boards. The thing that just struck me towards the end of the trip was how agile they were, like their ability to take whatever came and to ride it because they were laser focused on what was going on. And I thought about how that relates to business and how that relates to leaders in particular in business. And the thing that shows up for me is a lot of the work that I've been doing as of late with my clients is focused on helping people create self-managed company, companies where leadership is laser focused on the future, laser focused on creating what's next, laser focused on the signs of the times, particularly what's going on economically. We've got about, in a Forbes report, about 40% uh, of economists predicting a recession. And in some sectors, that signs of that are already here. But whether or not that happens, the key is our leaders in a place where they can be agile enough to read what's going on and to respond instead of just being reactive. Can they, you know, read the waves, if you will, to keep this analogy going? And what that means is you're going to have to make sure that your teams are well-trained so that they can be running day-to-day operations so that you're not stuck in the weeds, but that you're looking up 
and out. And that's what today's conversation is about. It's about leaders being agile. And if you're running a company or if you're in a position of leadership at a company, it's about making sure that those who are on your team are trained up to support you, to lift you up so that you can do your job facing the future while they are doing their work running the day-to-day operations of the company. So when I hear the word agility, it it reminds me of the work that I do um, with athletes and specifically with hypnosis and specifically with doing mental rehearsal for their performance games, events, whatever they have. And part of the ability, as I'll say their coach, their manager, whatever you want to call it in that case, I have the ability to hopefully have help somebody else, guide somebody else through that journey, the mental journey they're about to take with me, which precedes the actual physical journey of like participating in their event or sport. What does that mean? It's this amazingly fine balance between not having mental rehearsal or imagination of a perfect future. Why? I said this before, all negative emotions comes from expectations not being met. So if I have them mentally rehearse a perfect performance, then and what ends up happening is the moment something inevitably goes off course, something goes wrong, it frustrates them, right? Whatever negative emotion they take on, however they are able to manage or deal with that frustration means that it can completely throw everything off. I guess it's not my day. I guess it wasn't meant to be. Whatever, whatever way they process or think that way um, kind of sets themselves up for failure because nothing ever goes perfectly or as planned. So what I build in to mental rehearsal, to hypnosis is the ability to be agile. How do I do that? It's a weird fine line of, do I want them? We'll use golf as an analogy. If I said on hole number six, you hit the ball in the woods, that would be really bad mental rehearsal because now when they get to hole number six, they're pre-planning the ball going into the woods, right? So instead, what I have to do is to show a scenario where there is like a putt that lips out or something that happens. You have to know golf to know some of these terms. So I'm trying to be very broad with them. But when you see something not going as planned, or I could show it where it's like you set up to hit a draw here and the ball, you pull the ball and it's in the left rough. Now you could still get out of that with the thing, but it faces some adversity that they hadn't pre-planned. They didn't plan to hit the ball in the rough. They planned to hit in the fairway, but the ball now is they're facing a shot in the rough. It's much more difficult than the shot they had envisioned in their mind. But to do that with mental rehearsal, to pre-plan in advance, you are pre-planning how you will be agile, how you will adjust in the moment and re, you know, like reset, which is one of the things I teach. And then to be able to face this head on with the new circumstances you have in front of you. And I think that's a big thing of what Ken's trying to talk about today is as leaders, coaches, managers, whatever it is, um, it's big to be able to keep people focused on performing well and doing what they need to do, but being able to uh, be ready to coach them or guide them to when things go off course, when they don't go as planned, what should you do now? When I was working with clients during the pandemic, uh, during the height of it, they all had this lesson of agility, like just come front and center in that moment. because things weren't going to plan. It's like, we plan to do this, but we can't now, we have to do something else. And what does that look like? 
And it was really a tribute to their leadership and the fact that we had worked together uh, in most of those cases for a couple of years on getting their teams to be in a place to be able to handle that day-to-day stuff so that when those leaders were faced with you know, your, your golf analogy of things not going as planned or a wave breaking in a way that wasn't expected, they were able to be agile, they were able to move with it. And it was that movement, that sort of ease of movement that made possible their continued success. And, and you know, like I said, given our, our financial situation now and the distinctions between inflation, recession, what all that means, what different industries are going to be affected, how they're going to be affected, when they'll be affected, it is so essential at this point in time for for leaders to really take on this notion of agility plan for the best like dan was saying plan for the best but to be able to just turn on a dime to be able to move in the moment and to respond is going to be absolutely key and i i come back to like some of those essentials it means that your communication skills and the communication skills that you train your teams with have to be absolutely first rate Communication has to be a means for advancing something, not just an exchange of words. Dan just talked about um, unfulfilled expectations. That literally is the number one reason for upset at companies. And the number one reason for unfulfilled expectations are communications that were failed or incomplete or inappropriate. So just that one step, being able to have communication that lands the way that you want it and that you've trained your employees in, it's going to be essential in a time when things could move and shift very quickly and where your agility and your ability to be responsive to that situation is dependent upon great communication. For those of you in sales or for those of you in a situation where you have to influence others, especially in a very difficult time, uh, it is really important to be able to uh, have agility, right? Which is our topic today. And so it doesn't matter how much experience you have. It matters a little bit. Um, and it doesn't matter how well you've prepared for objections that could come about. Um, there's a really simple tool that you can utilize that will help you be agile in the moment. And um, it is align and redirect. And again, I've shared this in a previous podcast, but I'll restate it in this context today. So uh, the first way is it's called alignment, right? So when somebody gives an objection and you're not ready for it, you need to be able to like work with that objection. So um, if you face that objection head on, uh, you're kind of like it's a wrestling match, right? Like you're facing each other head on. You're kind of both holding firm in your position and pushing back on each other. So the first thing you need to do is align with them. And to this analogy I give is to go shoulder to shoulder with them. Like literally put your arm around their shoulder versus sticking your arms out in front of you. And by doing that, um, by first aligning, you really want to make sure you're understanding where they're coming from. So you can really pair it back to them. What exactly what they said. So you're like, you're trying to understand. And then by trying to understand, um, you probably will gain a better insight, which will enable you also buys you time to be able to think about, um, are you going to give them a response that's going to just simply align with them, which is 
great, right? To understand them, to have empathy for them, or do you want to redirect them to see things differently? But the only way you can have allow them to see things differently is if you first align with them. So it's really important that anytime you're unprepared and things go off course, as we're talking about here, is that you first pause, seek to understand better. A great way to do that in the objection situation is by mirroring back, stating back, parroting back with the words they said, let them clarify, ask a clarifying question. And it's that analogy, again, of getting shoulder to shoulder. And then if you want to redirect them, if you want them to see things a little bit differently, they will feel acknowledged. And then you can kind of reposition them, look at from your perspective. And the way you do that in this uh, align and redirect pattern of speaking is simply to make sure you always use the word and, A-N-D, and never the word but or however, some sort of thing, because that would negate what you came before it. So to be agile in an unprepared situation, um, first, listen, clarify, understand, parrot back those words. And then once you feel you have it, you can leave it there and just have empathy and understanding for their situation. But if you feel a need to be able that you need to influence them or redirect them in their focus, then you do that first by again, understanding and then placing that word and in the middle and then stating your position. And hopefully they're going to be open enough to hear and see your position. And maybe you'll be able to influence them to see things differently. So I get even um, I, I, maybe a bit, a bit more um, transparent on that. I love the, I love the, the align and redirect piece. And, and I, I will just tell people, I want to make sure that what I'm hearing is what you want to communicate. I want to make sure that it's accurate. And so here's what I've heard. Does this match with what you intended to say or what you wanted me to hear? And man, people are so appreciative of that because to Dan's point, people get hurt. And, you know, we, we have a, a society today that just likes to be right and positional and an opportunity for someone to actually get heard is a big deal. And after that, I will offer something along the lines of here's another lens through which you might look at things, or here's another angle through which you might take a look at it. Can we try this on and see if this works for you? I think what this all comes back to is that communication piece. Agility for leadership is going to be highly dependent on whether or not you and your teams can communicate together well, and whether you can do so rapidly, and whether you can trust the information to land because you guys have developed the tools to be able to do that. I would add one other piece in there that I think is essential. As a leader, you can only face the future. You can only turn turn towards what's coming to watch the waves. If you've delegated stuff off of your plate, it doesn't represent the highest and best use of your time. And by that, I mean that you've actually taken the time to train up those people underneath you to take these things on so that your attention can be focused on the things that matter most for you as a leader. As an aside, the best way to do that is by using delegation as a tool to educate and train. So it's not just scraping stuff off your plate and burdening other people with it, but you're actually using that as an opportunity to lift up your emerging leaders, train them and educate them so that they'll be able to do things with confidence 
which gives you the ability to trust them. And then you can not only focus on the future, but you can do it without anxiety, knowing that your folks are going to be running the company and that you trust them to do so and to do so well. I heard a story and I'll paraphrase uh, the details of the story, but it was about firefighters um, who uh, fight forest fires. So they're dropped off typically in a very difficult situation. And the way that they put these groups of firefighters together was based on how much rest they had had, because this is a 24 seven type of thing. So just look at like how much sleep people had gotten. And there's like, you're the next group, but go out. Right. So the challenge with the situation was they don't have a history together. So is there trust? There is probably a level of trust built into this is the leader of our group, right? And we should inherently trust them. But without a history together, it's very difficult to trust in a very difficult situation. So in this story, again, paraphrasing, um, they had a plan and then the plan did not work out. There was a loss of a map because it was with somebody who didn't end up coming on the trip. Um, and then there was a quick decision to change course based on what looked like the situation with the fire and everyone was following this leader. But as they went the direction he told them to go, the fire changed directions, cut them off and they were looking for his leadership. Again, he had to be very agile and try to come up with a plan. And he came up with a plan that actually worked for him. And super sadly, uh, other people thought he was crazy because he had shown them lack of leadership lack of ability to make good decisions and be agile in this moment because the first two ideas he had did not work out. The third idea did work out to save the leader's life. Something like 13 or 14 other people died because they were unwilling to follow this leader into this situation. And if I had one takeaway that I could pass on to all of you is that in a difficult situation, um, go back to that statement of negative emotions come from expectations not being met. When there is a change of course, when something new has happened and you need to deliver this news, um, fall on your sword, meaning, um, and another analogy, the elephant in the room. It's like, if you're going to call a meeting of a group of people that you're in charge of or responsible for, and you're going to tell them the things first, take responsibility, put all the blame on you. Don't blame all these outside circumstances. And second, bring that up right at the front of the meeting. Don't like do all this build up to finally get to the point. Because if you're changing courses, the trust is the most important thing. They're not going to trust you if they feel like you're blaming all these circumstances and you know all this other stuff. So take responsibility. And second, just put it right to the front. Guys, change of plans. Here's what happened. And in some cases, like that story, um, it is a life and death situation. Hopefully in 99% of situations, it's not. But it will make a difference of how much you'll be able to lead them moving forward is that you're just upfront, right? And you take responsibility and you are a true leader who can show them by example of what you need to do to make that adjustment. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out mosesinthecia.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out Dan Crum dot com.